Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over a 12-game, yes, 12 full games, 24 teams playing here. It's gonna, uh, going to be a really fun night, too. Uh, we were invited here at Coach Talk down to Houston to enjoy the Rockets-Lakers game tonight by DraftKings. So thank you out there to DraftKings. Uh, we're going to be in their party suite, and Coach is going to get his party on tonight. We're going to have some fun. Uh, we've got one of our members, Jacob D., meeting us down there, and my son Dawson, who's the player, by the way, over my shoulder here. Uh, uh, we're going, the three of us are going to uh, join them down at the Toyota Center. Hopefully we get to see some good young Houston players, a little bit of LeBron and poor old Westbrook, who's uh, been a little bit tortured lately. But uh, we're hoping to see the whole thing, and it's a, and a fun game. We're going to represent Coach Talk, have all our gear on, and uh, going to enjoy it. So what I'll be doing here, I've been working uh, last night and today on this 12-game slate. It is a big one, but you know, if you listen uh, consistently, I feel uh, my percentages, uh, actually, it's, it's numbers don't lie. When it's double-digit games, I do much better. So I like the more the variance, more the the choices, and you know less chalk, etc. So excited to go over this 12-gamer today. And then uh, for our members, I will still have plenty of time uh, to get lineups in and everything right until lock. Uh, no worries there. Uh, so we're going to have everything ready to roll tonight uh, as we attack this slate. So we cannot waste any time because we have 12 games to get into here, and we want to make it reasonably uh, quick enough that everybody has a chance to listen to it. So uh, first two games are at 7 o'clock. They go throughout the entire day through the last game uh, at 10.30. I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Sign up with the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space. And if it's your first deposit, you get all the way up to 100 bucks free matching whatever you deposit. So great opportunity. Prize Picks is awesome. And uh, we've got some, some uh, good prize picks placed for you for today as well. Uh, to give you a real quick uh, look at what the schedule is going to be like the rest of the week, uh, tomorrow is just a two-game slate, almost going to be like a day off. Uh, we'll tackle that, and uh, also tomorrow's the start of the Players' Championship in PGA. Very excited for that one. Andrew will be posting the PGA podcast this afternoon, and then those picks will go up this evening. Then uh, it's going to be fun day Friday because uh, Gundacker is going to join me. Uh, we're going to go over the Friday slate together. Also, another big slate that day, 10 games. And uh, so that'll be fun. Saturday, it'll be Crash and I, and we'll do our Two Brains Are Better Than One FanDuel GPP lineup for that podcast. Okay, I got everything out of the way so I can just go right straight through, no interruptions, hit all these games, and get everybody ready for some big takedowns tonight. All right, here we go. First game, 7 p.m., Chicago Bulls, Detroit Pistons, Chicago, five-and-a-half-point favorite, 226-and-a-half total, 116 implied for Chicago, 110-and-a-half for the Detroit Pistons. 
Chicago comes in 39 and 26, Detroit 18 and 47. Vukovic questionable for Chicago. Big and important news there. We already know Ball, Caruso, and Williams remain out. For Detroit, it's just Jackson and Isaiah Stewart out. So <clears throat> that's a new one to the mix. Uh, definitely gets Kelly Olenek on everybody's brain right off the bat. As far as uh, pace here, Chicago 14th, Detroit 13th, slightly better than average. Definitely below averages uh, on the defensive efficiency ratings, 22nd and 25th. So as I mentioned, you know, uh, let's look right at what the situation is going to be for Detroit. With Isaiah Stewart out, he hasn't missed in a long time. It's either going to be Marvin Bagley III or Kelly Olenek that's going to start. They'll both get decent amount of minutes. I don't think either one of them is a slam dunk, but Bagley at 5K and Olenek at 4-5, both very tempting, actually, uh, in this matchup. Uh, for Detroit, other than that, you got Kate Cunningham, who's playing fantastic ball, up to 8K, <clears throat> but probably well worth it. An inconsistent 6-6 Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant, both the same price. Both can have good games, both can have average games. So lots of choices there. Those are the, the, the main group that I'd go over if you want to try to get one of those value centers. Uh, certainly, if you want to pay up a bit for Cade, that makes sense too. On the Chicago side, uh, you've got their main guys in there uh, with Levine, DeRozan, and Vuk which makes it tough. They're all priced pretty high uh, for this matchup with Detroit, but they're only a five and a half point favorite. So at least you can consider them, but at eight, six, nine, eight, and eight, five, respectively, Levine, DeRozan, Vuk, definitely uh, a big commitment jumping into it with one of those guys right off the bat. Um, not really crazy about uh, the Vuk play, Levine hasn't really hit that big excess number, but, uh, you know, DeMar at 9-8, a little bit tough. So not sure, don't really like the bench there with Chicago. So maybe a little Detroit uh, action for me, a little exposure there. Not sure as of right now with the Bulls, but we can be super picky today. We've got 24 uh, teams playing. All right, uh, the second 7 o'clock game is the Boston Celtics and Charlotte Hornets. We have Boston favored by 7.5. It's a 227.5 total. 117.5 Boston, and then 110 flat for the Charlotte Hornets. Boston comes in 9 and 27, Charlotte 32 and 34. Uh, Naismith's the only one out for Boston. We have a questionable tag on book night for Charlotte, and we know guard Gordon Hayward is out. So, Really, both teams at full street uh, strength from what they've been playing with. Boston, 23rd in pace, so they're not going to be pushing the ball. Charlotte, however, will try to push the ball. They're third. Defensively, we know Boston has been an absolute juggernaut of late. They are second and gaining on Golden State. So they are close to being the best defensive efficient team uh, in the entire league. Charlotte, not so much. 21st and uh, just giving up points in bunches. So uh, definitely uh, elevates the Boston Celtics here in this matchup. All right, let's look at uh, <clears throat> one other aspect here. Charlotte's on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, and we're going to have several of these scattered throughout the entire group here. So 
Uh, it definitely could affect things a little bit. You've got, uh, you know, they are playing at home, so that helps. But second night of a back-to-back against a tough Boston defense, Boston's favored by that seven and a half. So it does give you <clears throat> a little pause in rostering some of these Charlotte Hornets because they're not cheap. Ball's 8-8, eight, eight, Rogier 8, Miles Bridges 7-7. Seven, seven. So the three best guys, a little bit too high priced for me against this good Boston defense. P.J. Washington can have really good games. He's 5-3 and is worth a consideration there. I'm not really interested in the Plumley harrell uh, timeshare at center. So really not feeling uh, the Hornets tonight against this tough Celtics unless we want to go with a value play in P.J. Uh, for Boston, you know, we're in that conundrum with Jalen Brown at 10, Jason Tatum at 10-4. So, yes, there's potential for 60 burgers for these guys against a shaky Charlotte defense, but <clears throat> do you pay up here is the question. 10-4, uh, a little much with Brown, Smart, Horford, you know, Williams, Derek White, the whole group uh, behind him and playing. Um, if you go mid-level, you can look at uh, Marcus Smart at 6-5, Horford 6-3, and Robert Williams 7-1, but none of them are, you know, smash value plays. Now, obviously, we're going to have value open up like crazy throughout the day, so we will keep you posted on that. Um, but as of now, I just, this game, even though it's 227 and a half, Charlotte games do score a lot of points. I'm not, uh, you know, diving on any of these players at the moment. If I was to go somewhere here, maybe Jalen Brown at 8K, that does seem very fair for a guy that could be, you know, the leading scorer in this entire game. LaMelo Ball at 8-8 is very tempting, but with Marcus Smart D, you know, and the rest of that, that second-ranked defense, I just can't see myself going up to that number. All right. We move on to the 7:30 game. There's only one of them. It's the Phoenix Suns at the Miami Heat. Miami by 8, 217 and a half total. 104.75 for Phoenix, 112.75 for the Miami Heat. <clears throat> Phoenix is 52 and 13, Miami 44 and 22. Possible, who knows, maybe an NBA Finals uh, potential for these two certainly can do it. Um, it's in, in the cards if they play it out. Phoenix, we know Booker and Cam Johnson um, are questionable. So <clears throat> if we get those two back, it's a whole different ball game. We've been riding this Phoenix, um, you know, value to make our, our uh, lineups work with Payne, Shamit, Bridges, Crowder, even Aiton. Those guys have been in tons of lineups since we had Booker and um, Chris Paul and even a little uh, Cam Johnson out. So things change here. We need that news. Hopefully we'll have it. Um, if Booker and Cam Johnson are in, it changes everything. Booker becomes one of the best plays on the slate to me if he's going to play um, unrestricted minutes. And this is an important game against Miami. you got two really adept teams here. So we'll talk more about that when we break it down. But Kaminsky, Paul, and Sarge remain out for Miami. Um, Caleb Martin, questionable. And <clears throat> Markeith Morris is doubtful. So he's actually possibly going to play again at some point. Thank goodness. 
Uh, he's still sitting from when Joker snapped his spine in half. So not quite, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so let's look at this game a little bit closer. We've got, um, <clears throat> I got to take a coffee drink already. We have Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. So I'm, I'm thinking that really elevates the fact that Booker and Cam Johnson will play. Uh, so I'm counting them in as of right now. Um, they are eighth in pace in the league. Miami plays slow and plays D. They're 28th overall in pace, but fifth in defense. Phoenix is third. So the total is only 217 and a half. Miami, eight-point favorite, which is quite a few points. Um, but you've got Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back -back and these two fantastic defenses. So it is a hard game to really focus on, but I still think Booker at 8-8, if he plays, is a really terrific play. Um, if Cam Johnson plays, we'll consider him uh, as well. But Cameron Payne at 6-5 has been terrific. If Booker does happen to sit, then Payne is the play for me. If he plays, uh, if Booker plays, then I'm going to go that direction. Mikhail Bridges, fair price it's at 6-8, as is Crowder at 5-7 and 8-7-3. And so the good thing about Phoenix is their prices always remain fairly decent because you don't have blow it off, you know, 50, 60 point night, you know, blow it out kind of guys. But these guys can consistently be in optimal lineups. Um, obviously, if if some of those guys are back, it downgrades Sham it pretty much off the board for me. Uh, but we need that news. That's going to be important. Hopefully, we'll have it. It's only 30 minutes after lock. For the Heat, uh, it becomes a little bit more complicated because the depth is there with Lowry, Robinson, Butler, Tucker, Autobio, Hero, Oladipo now. Martin, Deadman, Struess, Vincent. I mean, they've got a lot of guys that they're playing. Uh, and he usually runs a fairly tight rotation. But because of injuries and everybody uh, being in and out, they've played a lot of different lineups and it's been successful. But this is an important game. I do like some of the Heat players here. Lowry's been out. So if he plays at 7K, that's so cheap. But we have to make sure he's not on a restriction. Jimmy Butler, of course, you know, he rises up in games like this. He's 8-6. And Bam's at a fair 8-5 price, too. So those guys are all in play for me. Even Tyler here off the bench at 7-2, I think, deserves a mention. So I'm not going to be stacking this game, but I wouldn't mind going a 1v1 with like a Booker-Butler type scenario here. I think both teams will play well. Now, it will be somewhat like... Uh, you know, playoff type atmosphere. And I know we, we've talked about this before. The scores go down. It gets a little more intense defensively. So I wouldn't recommend going more than a one-off on each side <clears throat> in this matchup because it's going to be a tough one. But I do want exposure because I think these guys are priced right. They're priced fair. <clears throat> wow, it's coffee day. And we're only on the third game. Oh, Lord, we're in trouble. Um, so it, it's, you know, the, the teams are priced, the guys are priced right here though. And I think that you're going to see some people reach value. So I'm not ignoring this game. Some will, I know it's one of those where you say, you know, this is the most, the best game to watch, but not best to own in DFS. But I think there are some, some guys here priced right that you can get to. Okay. 
the game that I'm going to be at. So this is going to be exciting being able to be in person at a game, uh, hobnobbing with the DraftKings folks. But it is a good one, too. How about 232 and a half for a total? It's the L.A. Lakers at the Houston Rockets. Lakers are favored by four and a half. Again, that 232 and a half total, 118 and a half Lakers implied 114 uh, for the Houston Rockets. So this one is going to be fun. Uh, Lakers are 28 and 36, Houston 16 and 49. Uh, what we have listed right now, probable Malik Monk and THT. Questionable LeBron James, but he usually plays. Now he was a scratch last time. But I read, I, I read that I think he's playing. I think he sat the net last one. I think he plays this one. And I hope so. I'd like to, we'd like to see him uh, lace him up. We also have a pro, uh, questionable tag. No, out. Anthony Davis and Kendrick Nunn. For Houston, a couple of questionable tags. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, which is a very important one. Garrison Matthews, Dennis Schroeder. All four of those guys are questionable. So we're going to be trying to soak up the news there. Hopefully we'll get some in-person uh, looks at who's out there warming up and be able to give you an updated uh, live Discord look uh, as we're going. And my buddies Garuba and Wall, my five-second mentions every day. I love those guys, They and they'll never play. All right, let's look at couple of statistics here as well we've got the lakers sixth in pace houston second so that's why you got a nice 232 and a half total i do like this game a lot not just because i'm going to be there because you never let whether you're going to be there watch the game early game late game don't let that any affect your roster build you got to pretend like it's all one same thing so defensively though it gets me more excited lakers 16th Houston last. So we do have two lousy defenses, especially Houston's, and two really great pace uh, teams that play fast. So certainly want some exposure here. Not going to go with my man Westbrook at 8-5. I'm sorry, Westbrook. I'm, I am not going to be one of those guys yelling Westbrook to him because I think that is disrespectful for a guy. Get off the guy's back, man. He was the most enjoyable guy to watch in the league for years, averaging triple doubles and playing hard. So I will not be on his back in person. I'll be rooting for him, but I'm not going to play him. So I won't root for him that hard. Um, Malik Monk at 5'7 is pretty cheap and a, and a possibility. Certainly LeBron at 11-6 if this game stays close and the Lakers four and a half point spread, it very well could. Certainly not going to go with, uh, you know, some of these guys, Reeves, Johnson, no. Uh, THT, if he starts, could be considered here. I do think they'll go small with LeBron at center, being that uh, Christian Wood is somewhat of an undersized center, plus he's questionable himself. So if they do sit Wood and go with Zhen Goon, still, either way, I don't think that would push Dwight Howard into the lineup. But we will keep a very close eye on that. For the Houston side, you know, you've got KPJ at 6'3". Jalen Green, who's been playing terrific, 5'7". He's been blowing it out for us. Really like him here. Um, Gordon at 4'3 is cheap, but don't trust him. Jayshon Tate, questionable. We have to see where he is in this mix, too. So the big thing will be the news here is going to be important on a lot of these Houston guys. 
because if some of them sit, it really elevates the other guy. So I could have as many as two rockets if uh, the cards fall right with who's in and who's out. And then probably either a value play or a buy up to LeBron uh, <clears throat> on the Lakers side. So definite exposure there. And I'm looking forward to that one. All right. So we've got four eight o'clock games. We are just getting cracking here. The first eight o'clock game is the, no, this is the, the, uh, the third, second of four. How's that? Does that sound better? Second of four, uh, eight o'clock games, including my uh, Lakers Rockets games. It was at eight Atlanta Hawks, Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee minus five and a half, 238 and a half total, 116 and a half for the Hawks, 122 uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Coming into the game, Atlanta's 31 and 33, Milwaukee 41 and 25. Atlanta's 21st in pace. Milwaukee is seventh, so good pace up for Atlanta. Defensively, Atlanta, terrible 27th. Milwaukee, uh, decent to mid-pack, uh, 12th. As far as injuries, Kevin Herter is probable, so I believe Atlanta is going to be at full strength. The only one that looks like uh, is questionable for Milwaukee is Grayson Allen. We have uh, George Hill, who's doubtful. And then Connaughton with that giant cast that looks like uh, Captain Hook. He's uh, out for a while with uh, surgery on his hand, wrist, whatever it is there. And Brooke Lopez uh, is also out. So uh, as we look at this game, a couple of things that really stand out. You know, we've got to uh, really respect the, uh, you know, the, the pace of the Bucks, the way they're playing. However, it is the second night of a back-to-back for Milwaukee. So that is something that is a bit of a concern because Coach Bud does uh, really protect his players. So we have to be very careful uh, in, you know, how we want to determine that because uh, is somebody going to lose three, four, five minutes, uh, especially if it doesn't stay super close? It is only a five-and-a-half-point spread. So, you know, that's the tough call because you don't get any – freebies here with Milwaukee holiday seven nine Middleton eight and then of course Giannis is 12 and Portis is six eight which isn't too bad so there's certainly a lot of options there Giannis always a great payup option and he is in this one just like any other time uh you know on the other side of the ball Trey's up to 10-3 he gets Drew holiday defense but he's been hot lately uh Trey is shooting the ball well you can go with some of the mid-level guys, you know, the Herders, Hunters, Bogdanoviches. Those guys get decent minutes and have the potential to get there. Somewhat of a controlled ceiling, though, which isn't the greatest. Collins is back playing full minutes at 6K and Capella is 6-2. But, you know, the question is, with Collins playing that backup center role now that he's back and then the minutes for a Kongwu, it gets a little crowded uh, on the, in the front court for Atlanta. So uh, as 238 and a half has to get your attention. I mean, it is a big number. It's the biggest number on the board. I don't think, though, this game feels like a stack game to me. I do want exposure. Either if I don't buy up for Giannis, which is possible, you know, that second level is, is fair, either Holiday, Middleton, or Portis. I think it's good to have some type of exposure there. Um, I'd lean more towards Holiday right now at 7-9. And then uh, Atlanta, if you don't buy up for Trey at 10-3, and 
you know, that's where it gets tough. I, I sort of like John Collins at 6K just because he's underpriced. I mean, that is, that price is way too low for John Collins. I don't know why it shot him down that low, but it's probably going to buy him right onto my team at that cheap price. Okay, let's move on to the third of four 8 o'clock games now that I have that straight. It is the Oklahoma City Thunder and Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota favored by a big fat 14 and a half. So this is the, the, ten, the possible blowout scenario that we have to at least keep into consideration here. Uh, we do have Oklahoma City on the second night of a back-to-back, so we got to be careful of that. Uh, it's uh, 229 and a half total, 107 and a half for Oklahoma City, 122, which is a big number uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. OKC is 20 and 45. Minnesota's 37 and 29. Uh, Derek Favors questionable for Oklahoma City. We know that Giddy, Robinson Earl, and Kenrich Williams are out. And they also had three guys have surgery yesterday. So they must have got a, a discount at the doctors there. But to have three guys with surgery uh, seems pretty bizarre, including one of them being Lou Dort. Uh, and all, who's out for the season as well. Um, for Minnesota, well, they have a real clear picture here. There's so much gray on the board with who's questionable. Beverly, Russell, Edwards, and Vanderbilt, all four starters questionable. So uh, we may need a little news on Minnesota. Uh, right now, Cat's the only lone man starter standing that uh, looks like uh, he's a shoe-in here to play. So impossible to give you the information on this game until we get further uh, news. But to add to that, McKinley Wright is, is doubtful. Jalen Noel is probable. And then again, now you've got Beverly, of course, like I said, Edwards, Russell, and Vanderbilt, and also Torian Prince, questionable. And he would have been a good backup plug-in there if all those other guys are out. So let's revisit this one. We'll be in Discord talking about it all day. I'll be on there prior to the, the game. Uh, in Houston talking with this game because this could be the key to this slate. If we get, you know, three quarters of these guys out, all the scoring could come down to whoever's remaining or maybe all of them are out. And then it's, you know, just put Cat in as the free square and move on. So we'll look at that as time goes. For the Thunder, certainly SGA has been blowing it out every night because he's really the only NBA player, in my opinion, to be honest with you, on that team. So, you know, We'll see. If Beverly's out, that certainly helps because he is an irritant defensively. So SGA squarely in play here. And then with ever, you know, whichever guy we I hope the majority of these Minnesota guys are out so we can hone in on one or two of them. After that, though, you take a risk. Man, Wiggins, Baisley, Roby, those guys are all very well priced. So it's hard to get away from some of them. But the problem is, you know risk is involved five four three four five three and five five and then poku at five eight so those guys are all super playable you're getting a little bit you know time from this lindy waters i love that name lindy waters but Kraychek, sar those guys are all getting minutes but i don't feel comfortable rostering any of them especially on a slate like this you don't have to go there so more than likely sga versus whatever remains for minnesota if that's the scenario, but I do want exposure here. I think this is a game people are going to shy from because all the news coming and it could be the game that makes the difference. 
All right. Uh, I didn't mention the statistics from these two. Uh, again, Oklahoma City on the second night of a back-to-back. You have 16th in pace, Oklahoma City. And Minnesota now has overtaken Houston as the fastest-paced team in the league. So that also brings some interest to it. You do have two average, just a little bit below uh, above average defenses here. They're 13th and 14th. So I like this game. I think it's a key one on the slate, and we're going to follow the news very, very carefully. All right, we're down to the fourth, eighth, eight o'clock game. So we've made it through right here with the Orlando Magic and New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans are favored by eight, a 222 total, 107 implied for the Magic, 115 uh, for the Pelicans. Coming into this game, uh, we've got New Orleans, we know, has been playing some really good ball. Uh, Orlando 16 and 50. The Pelicans 27 and 38 doesn't sound that great, but that's going to slide them pretty uh, comfortably here into that play-in tournament in the West. So they're really working hard for that. Uh, and on the move there. Important piece of news for both sides here that are questionable. You've got questionable Jalen Suggs, questionable Brandon Ingram. Both guys are playing good ball. I like both of them. Will they play? Do they have any restrictions? That's the news that we need. We know Fultz and Isaac are out for the Pels. Nance and our buddy Williamson out for the New Orleans Pels. Uh all right, let's look at this one. Cole Anthony, 6'9", he was atrocious last night. He really stunk. But, you know, not a bad spot for him. We'll see what happens there. Again, uh, this is the second night of the back, a back-to-back for both teams. So how is it going to affect this game with both on the second night of a back-to-back? does bring you a little bit of pause. There's no question about it. And that's why we have, you know, Suggs and Ingram are going to be key components in or out. And it makes it a lot different. If Suggs sits, you know, it does bring Anthony Moore into play. Uh, doesn't make him a shoe in, uh, but certainly uh, potential. If Suggs does play at 5-4, he's been playing terrific, and that price is too cheap. Um, after that, I really don't trust Wagner, Bomba. You know, Carter's probably your strongest play on this side, but he's 7-5, which is, you know, not cheap. And, you know, it'll be the, the bigs versus the the four centers in this game, Carter and Bamba versus Jackson Hayes and Joval. So you've got uh, sort of a mano a mano there. Uh, so not crazy about any of those four guys, uh, partially because of that, those matchups uh, fit each other. So really, you know, Suggs, if he's there, uh, don't want to go too deep on that Orlando bench. But I do think, you know, the potential of a backcourt player for Orlando uh, Anthony also could have a, a, a bounce back game. CJ McCollum is a really nice payup. He's been so consistent. He's a good player, loving the spot with New Orleans. He's 8-9. If Ingram sits, I go to McCollum here. Absolutely. If Ingram plays, it's a tougher call because Ingram's 8-5, and maybe he just sat last night to get you know full run in tonight. Uh, we'll be digging in on that that news as well because if if we go to an Ingram, people may be afraid that he missed the last game. But if he's going to get 34, 35 minutes here uh, at 8-5, I think he's a good play against a, a poor Orlando defense. So that'll be interesting within itself. Orlando's ninth in pace, the Pelicans 22nd. But this is why this game is interesting. And 222 might be a little bit too low of a over-under personally for me. 
you've got 23rd and 19th defenses respectively here. So you're going to get some scoring. And, you know, the question is, where do you want to target? I'd prefer uh, to go a little bit more up in cost here in this game and definitely have some exposure to it because this, this could be a 230-point uh, type combination, in my opinion. All right, we go to the 8.30 game. There's actually two 8.30 games. The first one is the Toronto Raptors and San Antonio Spurs. Toronto's favored only by one and a half. A nice 229 and a half total, 115 and a half implied for Toronto, 114 for the San Antonio Spurs. So you've got Toronto coming in at 34 and 30, San Antonio 25 and 40. Fred Van Vliet, as he is every day, he's the, the guard version of LeBron James. He is questionable. So, and he comes, he does sit, and sometimes he plays, sometimes he sits. Generally, if he plays, it's full board. He goes out there and plays as you know, Nurse has a tendency to do, play him 38 minutes, or he doesn't play at all. So we'll find out that news, and it's very important news, obviously, because if he sits, it it jumps up Trent, Barnes, Siakam, Birch. So anyway, uh, Van Vliet is, is questionable. Johnson is also questionable. We know Ananobi and Flynn are out. Devin Vassell, probable. Larry Walker, probable for the Spurs. Kata Bates' job is... Doubtful and Romeo Langford not suiting up for his new team, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. Here, as far as statistically go, uh, speaking goes, uh, Toronto 25th in pace, Spurs fifth, though they are really pushing the ball of late. Defensively, middle of the road, Toronto 15th, San Antonio 18th. So, nothing to write home about either way. If Van Vliet is in, he's 8 2, matched up against DeJounte Murray, who's a monster defender. Uh, it's a tough call there. Not probably going to go with Van Vliet, whether he's in or out. Murray's all the way up to 11-3. Deserves to be. We talk about that. His numbers have been phenomenal and certainly can smash here. I doubt I'm going to go to that number on him. Uh, he does have a tendency to get disrespected, though, as a big payup guy. And he certainly can put up almost like quadruple numbers at times. So uh, somebody to fear, but not in my initial build. Van Vliet either. But if Van Vliet sits, like I say, a lot of these other guys become playable because their prices are fair. Trent 6'9", he's been slumped lately, though. Barnes at 7'7", has had some terrific games. Uh, Siakam at 9'5", but he throws in a, a real clunker game from time to time and is, it makes it very nerve-wracking. There's a bunch of cheap commodities here. Birch at 3'4", Boucher 4'9", Achua 4'2". You know, but they're it's getting crowded. They get a little minutes for Banton and Thad Young. So I don't know. I'm not diving to this game uh, on the Toronto side, even though I really think that it's a good, fair uh, line. I think Barnes at that 7-7 number is sort of the most interesting to me. Uh, and then on the Spurs side, if you don't pay up for Murray, it's hard to really feel committed to anybody else because you've got the Vassell, McDermott, Johnson, Pirtle, Walker Jones, Primo, Zach Collins, and Josh Richardson now. So they, they're playing nine guys pretty pretty consistently, uh, and it looks like they're all going to be in. So you can go on the cheap, you know, for a Vassell at 5-4. Uh, Primos look good at times at 3-4, but none of their minutes are super safe. Um, so, you know, it almost really wants you, gets you into that 
Joker type of feeling with Denver where you feel comfortable paying up for him, but everybody else is really uh, a scary play. It's sort of that way with the Spurs now uh, as well. So if I do find a way to get Murray in, I just don't see it right now that I would do it. But after that, I think more mid-level price guy for Raptors and uh, not make this an you know, over-the-top game. I do think it's a sneaky game, though, and it's hard to figure out who to fit in. But I'm going to try to get some exposure to the game, but certainly not to the point where it can sink me. All right, the other 830 game, it's the New York Knicks and the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas favored by eight. It's a 215.5 total, so very low total. 103.75 for the Knicks, 111.75 uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. Coming into the game, the Knicks are 27 and 38. The Mavericks are 40 and 25. Uh, we've got Mitch Robinson with that mystery illness where he went out after a couple of minutes. Uh, he's questionable, so good luck with that play. You've got a, a stronger spine than me. I, I would not uh, want to risk that. Guys that are out for the Knicks, Grimes, Noel, Reddish, Rose, Toppin, all out. For Dallas, the big thing is Jalen Brunson, and that's very important. He's questionable, sat the last game. Uh, hopefully he's in in this game. It's an island game for both teams, so if he's ready to go, he'll lace them up. Uh, Chris Hardaway, Nidalekina, and Pinson are out for the Mavericks. Uh, as far as statistically speaking, we've got the Knicks, 29th in pace and Dallas 30th. So we there we go. We have the two slowest teams in the league battling against each other. So you got a terrible 215 total, two super slow teams. So that it takes a lot of guts to buy up to the Randalls and, and Lucas in this game script. Um, defensively good too. The Knicks are 11th and the Mavericks are sixth. So everything points to just a dead DFS game here. Um, but I don't know, you know, can that make you completely different from everybody else? It can. Luke has been an absolute maniac. He is 12-3, but, you know, and, the, and I'll tell you what, the Knicks do play solid D, but not in their backcourt. Uh, Burks, Fournier, uh, quickly, those guys don't defend well. Now, the wings and interior do, but, you know, you do have Mitch Robb if he plays, you know, uh, patrolling the center of it. But I don't think Luke is a cross off here. I'll just say it right now. I think he can I think he'll be less owned than he is most, you know, almost all the time because everybody's going to see the same thing. Lowest total game, uh, two slowest teams, two good defenses. I just don't think it eliminates Luca. I, I mean, he's as of now, I'm on the fence whether I want to try to get a lower own Luca because he will be lower owned and try to just, you know, steal a 60 burger, 70 burger from him. But I'm not sold on it yet. It does scare me that this game's going to be so slow with all these other options out there. If Brunson doesn't play, it it moves Luca up a little bit for me and probably pushes him to uh, making a lineup for me. If Brunson plays and he's not restricted, then that probably is going to be the difference maker of not playing Luca. It's that close because Brunson gets a lot of run at the point when Luke is out and he's very adept out there. Uh, you can go cheap with Reggie Bullock at four, four. Um, you know, he's going to be very fired up uh, revenge game against his Knicks team. And uh, they, you know, they didn't uh, want to keep him there. So at four, four, <clears throat> Bullock's going to be on my list. I think that narrative is real. 
and he's shooting the ball very well. I also think he's going to dog uh, R.J. Barrett because that was part of the reason they let Bullock go completely because they you know, felt Barrett, which he's deservedly so, stepped in and just taken all the minutes uh, at that position. But I do think Bullock will, will uh, hound Barrett, so I'm not looking to play him, and uh, Bullock could squeeze into my lineup. Uh, really not interested in anybody else. Spencer Dinwiddie's up to 6'5". He would be in play for me if Brunson sits. If not, then I'm good to go there. On the Knicks side, really, it's been, you know, Barrett, Randall, for the most part, the only two guys getting it done. Uh, Randall's a big 10-1, though. And he, you know, Dallas is his hometown. So he's at home, lots of family here. So it's tempting. Another narrative thing right there with Julius Randall. So it's a hard one. And this is where that story, I don't know if you've heard that one, where the, the uh, Lakers, when Randall's rookie season uh, came to Dallas to play, it was the night uh, bef before the game and Randall was leaving the hotel to go out with all his buddies from here in Dallas. And Kobe said, no, you're coming with me. We're going to the gym. And he always had a, a gym here, one of the high schools that he'd go play at uh, and get, you know, a th literally a thousand shots up the night before the game. So anyway, a lot of nostalgia there for Randall, a lot of home, uh, you know, home stuff, but you know, we'll see, is he going to be distracted? Is that elevate his game? You know, no one's going to own him probably because at 10 one against this slow, slow pace. Uh, I don't know. There, there is a path to be like extremely sneaky. If you went Randall Doncic, I don't think anybody's going to do that. But I do think they both can get to their number as crazy as it sounds, but it comes with a ton of risk. Uh, definitely take a shot with those two in a GPP, but whether one of them sneaks into my cash game, that's still going to take a lot of guts to do that because this is going to be like watching paint dry with the pace of this game. So it's a tough call. It can be pivotal. And I think that uh, we need to at least discuss it and consider it. All right, we go now to the late slate. There's three games. It's a 10 o'clock game. There's one other 10 and a 10.30. So wall-to-wall -wall basketball, you got to love it. First 10 o'clock game, Denver minus four and a half against the Sacramento Kings, a nice big 237 total. So another very targetable game here. Um, <clears throat> Denver implied 120.75, the Kings 116.25. Denver's 39 and 26, Sacramento 24 and 43. Will Barton questionable, Zeke Naji probable, Bones Highland questionable. So that makes a difference because he's been getting some rotational minutes. Same three guys out as always, Cantchar, Murray, Porter. For Sacramento, a couple of questionable bench guys, Harkless and Lamb. We know Davis and Holmes uh, are out. So coming into this game, we've got... Um, First night of a back-to-back -back for Denver. So that is, they're, they're the only team with that designation. So I don't know if that affects anything with the Joker, especially we'll see how that uh, looks. They are 20th in pace, Sacramento 10th. So not the fastest game. It's just the defenses aren't good. 17th for Denver, 29th for Sacramento, second worst team in the league defensively. So 237, healthy total, but, you know, deservedly so. And you get some bargain prices here. You've got uh, Morris at 5-1, which will probably get elevated minutes if, if Bones doesn't play. So, we got you know, it's nice to know that Bones info. Barton at a fair six. 
Aaron Gordon, very fair, 5'8". Joker's 12'6". So, you know, is it Joker uh, as as your pay-up guy? That very well could be. Um, but not a slam dunk by any stretch with his Sabonis on the other side. Sabonis also an option at 9'4". You get that 3K, you know, 3.2K discount to Joker. Certainly not the same ceiling as Joker, but he has been playing very well. He and Fox, but Fox is at 9-3 now. So that stings too. Those are the two guys that have been considered every night for Sacramento. It's hard to feel real comfortable going anywhere after that. You know, you got Holiday at 3-7, Barnes at 6-1, Lyles at 4K. You get some cheap prices. DiVincenzo's been a lot more involved in their offense. He's finished some games. He's getting big minutes at 4-7. He's a little interesting there uh, for value because until some of this value opens up today, there's not a boatload of it. So it's not like these days where you could just take the two best guys, just you know, put Luca and Joker in there, and you've got three guys at almost min price that are starting. We don't have any of that today so far. So this is going to be something we have to watch closely. We're going to have to really produce some of our own value. So guys like Barton or Gordon or Monte Morris or Lyles, or DiVincenzo, guys like that are in play because if you can get those lower price guys to get you 7-8x to go with your good players, you're going to be in really good shape here. So big total here, good game to look at, uh, and just a lot of tough decisions to be made there. But if you're not going to pay up for the Fox, Sabonis, Joker, uh, Joker, uh, Joker uh, levels, then you, know, you can look at some of these mid-range guys as well. All right, the other 10 o'clock game, Portland Trailblazers, Utah Jazz. Utah favored by, are you ready for this? This is like one of the NCAA games, 17 and a half. So uh, if you can't game script a, a blowout here, I don't know what you do, but man, 17 and a half, 221 total, 101.75 is all for Portland in a 221 total game, 119.25 for the Utah Jazz. So this, this game, very scary. I think a lot of people are going to say, you know, screw this game. I'm not even going to mess with it. It could easily blow out. Portland's 25 and 39, but playing G League. And, you know, I think they have a raffle. They choose, choose two fans out of the seats to also suit up for their, their games of late. And uh, Jazz are 40 and 24. Anthony Simons, he didn't play the last game. Questionable to play this game. Very important. If he's in, he's a great play. If he sits you're into this insanity of trying to figure out who to play for Portland. I went with Josh Hart last time because I thought there's not another player on this team really that should be in the NBA. And Hart was awful, oh, terribly awful. And it was hard to watch, but I think he's still in a great spot. Hart is very tempting. But anyway, the other guys out for Portland are Bledsoe, Lillard, Luzada, Nurkic, and Winslow. For Utah, zero injuries, no designations, not even a probable. So pace-wise, 17th and 19th, nothing to run to. Defense, though, Portland stinks at 28. Utah, pretty solid at 10. So where do you look here? Simons, if he's in, of course, fine play. 8-4, if he's you know not on any restrictions, dial him up. I'll go Simons. If, uh, if not, you know, you've got your... Nightmare of choosing. Do you go with Josh Hart, which I felt was a cheap mid-seven price at 7-7? Seven, seven? I think he can bounce back. I'm not crossing him off. Uh, even though he broke 
my heart last time. Hopefully he can repair it this game if I dial him up at 7-7. Sorry for the bad joke. Watford at 5-7, getting decent time. I played him, watched him quite a bit last time. He was solid. The big thing's going to be everybody's going to go, you know, is goo-goo over Brandon Williams. People were gushing. They love this guy. He's he's Michael Jordan reborn, Brandon Williams. But everybody went nuts for him because he was so cheap last time, and he went like, I don't know, 107X. I don't know what he was. But a uh, big shout-out to our guy Mike S. in our Discord. He had been touting Brandon Williams all day, and he and he came through. But the thing is, what about now? He's up to 5-5. Five, five. If Anthony Simons is back, the, the honeymoon's over. So we need that news. I don't see paying 5-5 five, five for Brandon to back up Anthony Simons, but we'll watch that news and see what happens. Could they play them next to each other? I mean, it's possible. They played Simons next to McCollum and Lillard. Uh, if Williams is all that, like he showed, why not let him play next to Simon? So we're going to be doing a lot of digging there, figure out what makes sense here, because there are going to be points scored in this game. Uh, but after that, you know, Watford, Eubanks, Ellaby, they're all going to get minutes and they're all cheap. So uh, certainly can find, you know, a pay up to Simon's or, you know, mid-level uh, deal if you want to go Hart. And then all the value of Ellaby, Watford, Eubanks, and Williams really are the guys for me. Uh, that I would consider there. So I'm going to have some Portland exposure. For Utah, you know, it's it's the same old scenario we've seen for a couple of years here. Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, and Gobert. Really the playable commodities here, Donovan Mitchell at 9K, that's fair. Rudy Gobert's down to 7-8. There was a time he was in the nines. Uh, he gets to go against uh, Eubanks and company there. So possibly uh, a decent play. It is an island game for both teams. So, you know, it could be one of his big rebound games, but I'm not racing to, to go bear. I think that Mitchell's really the pay up guy. I will say Bogdanovich has been shooting lights out. He had, I think he had 33, the one game, all, all 33 points were 11, three. So the dude can fill it up when he's hot, but he does probably get Josh Hart defense, which is scrappy. So not a slam dunk, but at five, three, that is a really great price for him um, off the bench. Nobody really. I, I'm not interested on this kind of a slate. All right, we're to the last game, and I'm still breathing, still talking. My voice hasn't gone, but it's game 12, and it's 10.30. So I am fired up. I will be listening to this game big time in the car as I'm tooling back from the Rockets game. It is the Wizards and Clippers. Clippers minus 4.5, 220 total. 107.75 implied for Washington, 112.25 for the LA Clippers. Washington's 29 and 34, the Clippers 34 and 33. Raul Neto, probable. And then we've got Vernon Carey, uh, doubtful. For Clippers, these guys are out. Covington, George, Leonard, Powell, and Preston. So as normal, Clippers short-handed. Coming into this game, Washington slow, 24. Clippers, middle of the pack, 15. Defensively, Washington, lousy, 24. Do you know at the beginning of the year they were seven for a long time? All the way to 24. Clippers, top 10 at eight. So this is a real weird game to figure. Lots of bizarre stuff here. Two teams that are sort of not been talked about much lately. But there are some plays. There are definitely some plays we can look through. 
Uh, Howell Neto, if he plays at 4-3, is the point guard. He beat out Smith, so he's been playing point. Uh, not out of the question. And his counterpart, same thing. Reggie Jackson has had some massive games lately. He's 8-8, but there's always a bit of an incurred risk with him because he does throw in some clinkers, but he's been good. Uh, other players for Washington, you're going to get decent run out of minutes-wise out of KCP's only 5K, but really risky. Kuzma at 9-1, big price. He has been terrific, though, but 9-1 is a big you know, big thing to bite off. And then my buddy, Chris Stapps Porzingis. I love him. Yeah, right. 7-6, pretty expensive. He did play good in his first game. Still wondering how many total minutes he's going to be. If he's capped at like 25, not interested. But if they say they're going to let him loose, he's in play. 7-6 is a mid-price. He's their go-to guy with Kuzma out there. Uh, so a little bit of interest, but uh, certainly not diving you know, on him to go there. It's going to be a salary thing at that point and making sure that we're going to get enough minutes. I'd almost like to wait at least one more game before I dial him up. But other than that, they've got so many guys now, all these bigs, Hashimura, Avdia, then Ish Smith off the bench, Gafford, Sadoransky's in their rotation. Very hard to figure out and feel comfortable with playing anybody from the Wizards. Really, it, you know, it comes down to Kuzma at 9-1 paying up or getting a somewhat reduced price Porzingis if he gets enough minutes. And really, as, as a complete punt, Howell Neto at point at 4-3. But we have to make sure he's not minutes restricted. On the other side, if you want to pay up for Reggie, 8-8 seems like a lot. That's a guy that spent most of his career at five-something, except for when he was real good with Detroit back in the day. But uh, not sure I want to go there. Terrence Mann, Amir Coffey, Luke Kennard, those guys are just nerve-wracking because you can get a good 30, 35 out of them, or you can get 10. So I'm just not wanting to blow up my night in the last game of the slate on some of these risk guys. Same thing with Marcus Morris. I mean, he killed me the other day, and I've watched him. He's been super inconsistent at 5'9". Same thing with Batum. Really, the guy that's been most consistent with them is Zubats. He's at 6'8", which is fair. And uh, for some reason, he's got his game together. They're featuring him a lot more. And uh, I think he's playable. He's one of the options at a, at a bizarre thing this even with all these teams playing, we still miss some of the, the really good centers. So, you know, no Joel Embiid, et cetera. So, you know, you never know, possibly in play there. Don't love that game, but uh, possibly a one-off uh, to fill out the final roster spot. So that is it, my friends. Deep breath. I told you no breaks during the whole thing. So hopefully you guys listen through the entire thing. We would love to have you join us. Draft Kings party tonight is going to be fun. I wish you could join me there, but you know, we'll be thinking about you. I'll be posting some stuff, uh, but we would love to have you uh, join us at dfscoachtalk.com. Just go there. You can sign up for as little as three days for 10 bucks. Um, love to have you join. We have the best family, the best discord in the business. Um, also, this is uh, sponsored by prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Sign up with the promo code COACHTALK. Get all the way up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Um, also, if you're watching this on YouTube, quick thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. And that is greatly appreciated. Give us a comment. 
I'll be in here during the premiere. Uh, so if you have questions, let me know then. And we have a big contest today. If you uh, give us a thumbs up in YouTube and you, uh, when we post this tweet that this podcast is up on Twitter, if you like it and retweet it, you have to be following us. If you do those three things, like and retweet on Twitter, thumbs up on YouTube, you get in a contest that we're going to pick at 6 p.m. Eastern today in honor of the 12 games that they're playing, a 12-day free all-access pass to, to Coach Talk. So you get a 12-day membership draw just for doing those three things. So look forward to that drawing later today. It'll be splashed all over our social media. And I really appreciate everybody listening in for another great day. I love these double-digit fields. It's going to be a lot of fun for sure. So thank you for taking the time. Hopefully this helps you build some big winners. And uh, we'll be following along here all the way through uh, the rest of the day. So thank you so much. Uh, awesome, awesome day. Definitely a great night to crush it in NBA DFS.